0: We tried to tell you we'd be back here very soon. If you are a supporter of us over at Patreon.com slash is Godcast, you already knew that this could be happening within hours. We got that show out late last night, promising that we'd be back here in like five minutes. A little more than five minutes, but Zach, here we are, as promised. And a couple of our predictions came true. How about that? I had predicted that Vote would be the manager. Forget the stuff I said about Council ending up in New York. But you had promised that there was going to be some double heel turn on Council's part and that he was going to go with a team that no one thought of. And that happened. More proof why you need to be here with us. Come listen to the Selby's Godcast, or we'll greet you with our normal episodes or when the Guardians pick a manager right here for an emergency show. Steven Vogt is your manager. Well, not your manager, but Guardians' manager. What is your instant reaction? Uh, Nothing will beat the fact that our
1: buddy Cubs writer Jordan Bastion decided to go for a run, texted that he was going for a run, (laughs) saying, Oh, as long as it's the Cubs, not the Cubs, (laughs) I don't care where Craig Council goes. (laughs) And uh, 30 seconds
0: later, I think,
1: (laughs) the tweet came down saying (laughs) Council to the Cubs, and his reaction was
0: priceless. Never the, the Cubs have ha- they have a manager. Why would I need to worry about this? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Whoops, about that. We, we I can, love. We can fold that I, in here.
1: Yeah, I love baseball off season drama. I love heel turns. I love the WWE like storylines. Give me all of that. Uh, yeah, Stephen Vogt. I mean, I, I, where do you want to begin? Um, they offered him the job on Friday. He was shoveling horse manure. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to run through a brick wall, <laughs> what well, does?
0: Uh, I hope I hope that's not a continuation (laughs) from one shuffling of waste to another. No, but think about it.
1: Think about like the campaign that the social media marketing they could do with this. Like, first of all, his name is a vote. So you could do something like a vote for Steven means no bullshit. And he's standing there shoveling like it's perfect. I don't know.
0: Look, here, in all here's what there. I can tell you. No, I don't think so.
1: I don't think that's one you want to lean into. <laughs> I think you have done a really good job in recent weeks of kind of reminding everybody that we don't know anything, right? These are managers. <laughs> what,
0: what a backhanded compliment that was. <laughs> think about that. You have done such a great job of reminding everybody that you're an idiot. <laughs> that was That was your compliment to me. You really ripped the rug out from under me there. I feel like Ross here just no, but wh- I don't have a job anymore. <laughs> I think it's important to remember we don't we don't know what makes
1: a successful manager or not because so much of what they do is unquantifiable. And I think it says a lot like I know the guardians during this process not only did they look Terry Francona doesn't want to be having input on who they hire but he had input on what sort of qualities can help someone be successful in the role? They reached out to like a decent chunk of major league managers to ask the same question like, what attributes, what personality traits, what credentials do you think are important for someone to succeed in the majors? Because they haven't been through this again. When they hired Francona, he made the decision for them. That didn't count. That was. You had two candidates. It ended in like three days with two phone conversations and a 17-page document. And that was that, right? So really, they haven't been through this in 14 years. They were a different organization then. Baseball was a very different game then. And that's how you ended up with Bobby Valentine as a finalist, even though he didn't know who he was talking to in these interviews. So they wanted to learn as much about the process and the position as... They could so that they could make the right choice. And there are two things I know about Steven Vogt. One, he has the opposite experience that Francona had. I mean, they couldn't be more different in that regard. And they also might have found the person most similar to him in terms of charisma self-deprecation humility yes and the ability to connect with every single person he comes across and those are the traits that made francona so successful in different environments over the years yes so they're hoping that that
0: translates for vote too i just watched a clip of him singing under the sea from the little mermaid (laughs) with tim kirkchen i mean that's what i watched that reminded me of Terry Francona one of his first days on the job in spring training when he did the oh, what was the dance the Harlem shake the Harlem shake he did that Harlem shake video and he he looked like so uncomfortable but showing that I'm not, I'm not this big imposing figure here I'm I'm willing to look like an idiot and I I saw a lot of that Or I was reminded of that when I watched that clip of Vote singing under the sea. Because he knows he looks ridiculous. He's not supposed to be singing a song like this. Big macho baseball player. No, that's clearly not him. And I've seen so many videos, whether it's, uh, I think Dallas Braden, I had seen a video. He had tweeted out of his last day, Vote's last day as a big leaguer. And instead of soaking it all in, he's out there fielding balls in the dirt. Like, what is that? He's Mm -hmm. done this a million times. Does he really need to practice this before his last game? There he is. I saw a clip from MLB Network Radio where they had talked to Mark Anna, I I believe, and he just had the nicest things to say about him. Now, we have covered this in length. Who is going to say something negative about the guy when he just got this job, right? But listen to what they're saying. This is not something that's just generated like, uh, I got to think of something. Uh, uh, I just think he's a great guy. No, they, they have actual anecdotes to point to and reasons why. They believe he's such a strong human being. And as far as the X's and O's go, the strategy of managing and never been in this position before, I'm going to say the word. It's a collaboration in Cleveland. Don't know if you've heard this before. And so every move that they make is going to be talked about a billion times before the move is actually made. And there are going to be people in that dugout helping him out and ensuring that things don't get forgotten. And I'm sure there will be some things that There are going to be some learning on the job moments for him, absolutely. But I think we both have stressed this since day one. The thing I'm most concerned about, how do you connect with people? And I think this is a case where the Guardians have bet on a person. They bet on the type of person that Stephen Vogt is, and they think the rest of it will catch up where it needs to be because he's a smart enough baseball mind, and he's been around the game forever, and he's a catcher, and they are constantly thinking about everything at all times. So that already benefited him. And this is someone that was already dreaming about managing, as you pointed out on this show, years ago when he stepped into that, that pseudo coaching role with the Milwaukee mm-hmm. Brewers. So this is clearly somebody that I think has the smarts to get there where he needs to be as far as a strategy standpoint goes, but already has those, those characteristics of being a human being that people want to follow and want to run through a brick wall with that is so important in that position over 162 games.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right. Like, like the, the qualities of the individual, he checks every box, right? Like there are things we just cannot know because he's never done it. And so there are going to be people skeptical who say this guy's got no experience. What the hell? And can't argue. have no idea. Um, I, it, Like, Brandon Hyde, you would think, is one of the better managers in the game, right? Like, doesn't it seem like he's done a really good job with Baltimore the last couple years? But the couple years before that, things were really rough. And I don't know, was he not a good manager then? Was he still getting his feet wet? Was he a good manager with a terrible roster? Was he an inexperienced, not great manager with a bad roster? Like, I don't know. There's a lot we don't know, and there's probably a lot we're not going to know even after year one. It's a three-year deal. If he has a modicum of success, he'll be here longer than that. And I I think he's, like, there are things you're just going to have to grow into and learn on the fly. I think they expect to have continuity with the staff. You won't see Sarba. you won't see Rigo Beltran, but they're expecting a lot of continuity. We'll know fully by the end of the week, I think. Um and I think that'll help, right? Like if Carl Willis comes back, that is a huge burden to lift. And, you know, I don't know if DeMarlo Hale is going to come back, but if he does, that's a guy with a ton of experience who can be a, a helpful right-hand man. So there are ways to work around that and to, to hold his hand while he's learning certain things, going through certain things for the first time. But in terms of the, the one thing that I know makes a manager good or not is the ability to connect with an individual so you know that they care about you, so that you know they have your best interests in mind. And that is why Terry Francona, even in Philly, when that team was just rotten for four years and the roster was not good, but he always like took the bullet for his players and they respected the hell out of him. And he built this reputation as someone who was just going to connect with you and make you feel like he was so invested in you. And that's why he got a second job. And I think, I think, I mean, we're going to spend the next X amount of years comparing this guy to Terry Francona. It's completely unfair to do right now, but we're just, how are we not going to do that? I just, I do think there are some parallels here in the positive qualities that can only help him. You know, the fact that like this guy was known for being able to have those difficult conversations with teammates when he was a player, those conversations managers don't want to have, coaches don't want to have, front office members don't want to have. And he understood it was part of the game. And he thought, you know, maybe this land's better coming from me. The fact that he was thinking throughout his career, you know, it's, it's very interesting to me that he was a two-time All-Star because if you look at his career, like, He was a guy who just had to will his way to 10 years in the majors and bounced around the league, was a backup catcher for most of his career, went to a school no one's heard of, thought about quitting in the minors. Um, You know, he, I talked to our buddy, Chris Jimenez, Chris, boy, he's our buddy and I can't even say his name. I've been thinking about Andres Jimenez, Chris Jimenez, um, who like vote, backup catcher, journeyman type. And they came up together in Tampa. They were they were together in Tampa system, and they were really close. Backup catchers. And I said to Chris, I was like, "What is it about catchers that it's just they they seem to make the best managers?" And he said, "Look, look at where we sit on the field. We're in foul territory. Our back is not turned to anything. We don't miss a thing. We see everything out there." And he said that like when he and Vote and some others were early in their careers and they're scratching and clawing trying to hang on to a major league roster spot they would joke around and be like oh you're going to be the future hitting coach and i'm going to be the bench coach and he's going to be the pitching coach and you know who was the manager in all these dream scenarios (laughs) steven Vogt. and they're joking around and the genesis of the joke was that they were all just like holding on for dear life to their major league careers and they're all destined (laughs) to be coaches in the near future but with Vogt, it was
0: always serious I i read what you're saying there's room for Jimenez on this staff Third base coach, I you've asked. got a, you've you've got a spot there. <laughs> you stick him with the broadcasting. Uh huh. Sure. Until you see As that that actual offer. <laughs> yeah. Says, it's going to be so easy to keep these guys off the field when there's an opportunity. I don't buy it. None of us do know anything. All jokes aside, but you just have to decide what you're going to bet on, because if if I'm making a prediction whether or not he's going to be a great manager. When the odds just say, hey, t- say that he's not. Be skeptical. He's a first-time manager, never done this before, has barely been in a position of being a coach, let alone a manager. And by the way, if even if you hire someone that is, has a tremendous resume, odds are most of them fail. So it would be smart, behoove you to say, I'm very skeptical. I don't think this is going to work out. Well, sure, because the odds are forever in your favor. Bet on the elements that you think are like we talk about with players, projectable elements, right? It's so why you do miss occasionally on somebody, and they surprise you. But you bet on the skills that have repeated themselves to be important in every single player prior to this very moment. And for a manager, so much is unquantifiable. And I can't tell you exactly what a having somebody in that dugout that communicates. and I can't put a number on it, but it is... Su- it is the most important thing, I think, for that position, more than any other sport, having a guy that communicates and everybody's on the same page. It prepares their players. It also important, empower other people like Terry Francona did when he got here and he was begging to find leaders. Empower mm-hmm. other people to have their own sorts of roles so that everybody buys in on some level. It's, it's their team, not just Votes team. It's our team and everybody has a role, whether it's a player or a coach these are the things that are important and they're the elements of Stephen Vogt that he's demonstrated to be something I'm, I'm willing to bet on. And, and it's why I found him intriguing. Is he going to be a better manager than Craig Counsel is right now or in the future? How do we know that? How You're do we know be that? Heel. But if <laughs> you get to a point where you got that inclination from counsel that he's not coming here, don't feel bad about it. And my point on Twitter, one was that I'm just glad that they they took care of it. They didn't let a guy that they believed could be a great manager get away in this process. But the other element is don't be disappointed if you're the guardians in the front office thinking, well, council was our top guy. We didn't quite get him. You went through this process. Right. And you trust your process. You think it's a good process. Otherwise, why are you doing it? And your process led you down the path to believing that vote was the best candidate of the 45 names or more that you had started with. So trust that, believe in that, be happy about that today because that process led you to that guy. Don't be thinking, well, we wish it would have been counsel. Maybe, maybe you do, but I don't think you have to wake up tomorrow feeling bad that this process led you to Steven Vogt.
1: Yeah. So I'm interested because so many people in the game know him. I mean, he just retired a year ago. He hit a home run 397 days ago and now he's a major league manager. And he's a major league manager. His last, his last at bat. Yeah, it's incredible. And now he's a manager of a team that's not rebuilding. I mean, this is a team we said it at twelve hours ago. We said like there are a few front office shrewd moves from being a contender again. And so it's it's interesting because he can. It's going to be a good test, right? Like he, you would see, normally a scenario would be it would be a really young and experienced bad team hiring a new manager. That's how this works, and everyone's kind of building up together. He's going to be building up, but doing so with a young team, and then it's a team that I think is going to be expected to win. It's just like a it's a fascinating combination. It's not what you typically see. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how that works, how he connects with the, all the 24 year olds, how he connects with players from various backgrounds who speak different languages and a lot of interesting wrinkles in there. But in terms of just being like the guy who can be the heartbeat, who can, who knows, I mean, he, I heard he like when he was a rookie in Tampa, they would suffer a brutal loss, like painful loss in the ninth inning everyone would have their heads down in the clubhouse and this guy a first-year major leaguer would be the one to say the perfect line to lighten the mood i mean that that's like when he they had a a talent show every year in spring training with tampa and it was a way to build camaraderie boost spirits you get those dog days of march and it's just brutal and even before he was in big league camp His infectious personality was like so known throughout the organization that they would invite him to the clubhouse to participate. And he won the talent show every year, whether he was singing, whether he was doing his NBA referee gimmick, whether he was impersonating Chris Farley in the Van Down by the River character from Saturday Night Live. Like, he, I'm not saying this is going to lead to him being the guy who breaks Cleveland's trout and he was the manager they've been looking for for 3 quarters of a century but the personality i mean i i i would think it would be a treat to play for him um you you will not i mean you, we said it like who's going to be trashing managerial candidates when they're like they're not interviewing this guy because he people hated being his teammate vote it seems like everyone loved being his teammate everyone loved Having him around, and those are the reasons he gets the interviews anyway. And then he knocked their socks off in the interviews. But like, I think you're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of people rooting for him. Um, and and it's not even like the fans in Oakland. I mean, they chanted for this guy anytime he did anything, like Jerry Sands for those two weeks in 2014 or 2015, whatever it was. (laughs) I mean, he was like that for like six years in Oakland, and this is a backup part-time catcher. And it's Oakland. And I I just think like he he just resonated with anyone he came across. So I again like I don't know what this becomes. Experience is important too. Knowing when to push the right buttons and which buttons to press and all that. And then the in-game tactics too. That you know, I think someone said like it'll be beneficial that he was a bullpen coach of all things, because that's maybe the, the toughest thing to get used to in a managerial role is knowing when to get guys up. When to get them in, whether to pitch them when they've already warmed up, you know who to believe when they say, "Oh, I'm good, I can pitch tonight." Yeah. Things like that. Um, that I think he'll benefit from being a bullpen coach, but like the uh, the personality is there at the very least. It's going to be fun, and you know it's also pretty perfect that the Guardians open the season in Oakland, and you could have fans <laughs> right. of the opposing team who are pissed <laughs> at their organization because they're going to Vegas. They might just be rooting for the other team's manager the whole night.
0: That's a good point about the bullpen coach. They're constantly in the middle of crisis management. And for so much of a manager is how do you manage those crises, right? I'm not saying he's going to have the right answer at all times. Even Terry Francona would admit he didn't always push every right button. And I'm not talking about in a game going to this reliever in the fifth inning and going to this pinch hitter in the sixth. I mean, pushing every button as far as connecting with people. There were missteps for sure. There are elements that he wish he wishes he told us publicly, and there are ones that I'm sure are private that he wish he could go back and do over again. So I'm not expecting Stephen Vote to be, to hit every single right button with every single person and connect with every individual in the clubhouse. It's just not possible. But I'm I keep coming back to it. I will bet on the person. If nothing else, I'll bet on the individual. And he seems like a really good bet. We'll see what becomes of it we'll see how he grows as a manager if he continues to connect with people when he goes it's it's a different situation when you're a player compared to when you're the manager you know it's just a different level of it's it's unavoidable so we'll see i'm intrigued i think more than like getting getting Craig counsel would have been holy cow that's great i don't like mendoza i don't know maybe he's going to be great with the mets but i would feel some level of disappointment if it wasn't vote and it wasn't council, whether that's fair or not. Like I, we've admitted before I don't know anything about all these other candidates, but vote just seems like a, a guy that you can re- rally behind a little bit here in this situation. Doesn't baseball need more days like this? Just the drama and yes. the backstab. It's probably not backstabbing, but it felt a little bit like backstabbing oh. and managers named left and right. And, it felt like the I, I tweeted about it. It felt like the end of a reality show where they pull this twist at the very end. Actually, three people are going home tonight. And you don't have any sort of way to shield yourself. Sorry, you're you might be going home tonight. Oh gasps all around. Now into Back commercial. when Survivor was That's, good. What if, <laughs> that's what, <laughs> You were the are you like the last person on Earth still watching that? No, forty two no. seasons later.
1: Uh no, our colleague Mandy Bell is. Um, I gave up a couple seasons ago. It used to be good though, man. But yeah, the twists. Now everything's a twist, and when everything's a twist, nothing's a twist. Ah, uh, this was great. The sequence of events was fantastic. Where the Mets hired Mendoza and it was like, Oh, guess that means council back to Milwaukee. And I think Brewers fans were celebrating for about 45 seconds. And <laughs> then the next tweet hits, but he's not going to Milwaukee either. And then it's just, well, where is he going? Like, I love when everybody knows something but not the full answer. And everyone on Twitter is collectively saying, what does this mean? What's going to happen? And then we're all waiting for that one bit of information. Then everyone gets the answer. And
0: and when the answer is satisfying
1: and shocking like the Cubs, <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Chef's
0: kiss. But it, it's not even – it wasn't even just, well, it's not going to be the Mets either. either. It was – it's going to be a team that has a manager in place. That just added to this level mm-hmm. of, oh, my God, Who it could be anybody. It could legitimately be anybody. And so for that 10-minute stretch, it was hilarious. I <laughs> loved every minute of it. All the speculation and the joking and the memes it creates. More yeah, of that, I mean, please. I mentioned this like a month ago,
1: but it is weird. Like in, in Major League Baseball, managers just have not gotten – paid and throughout Tito's tenure like he was among the highest paid managers for 11 years and that was making four and a half five million and I think I said it a few weeks ago like Monty Williams the Pistons hired him six years 78 million so well, why such a vast gap you know you see college football coaches um, make eight to 10 million a year now. And like the NFL, like John Gruden got 10 years, a hundred million, and then kicked to the curb. Um, And and then they, Josh McDaniels, I think I read was, is still owed like 55 million or something. And they just fired him. Like the Raiders don't care paying like Shohei Otani money to fired coaches. So in, in MLB, it, it just hasn't translated. And I don't know if that's just because front offices make the lineups now or, or what it is um but it'll be interesting to see like what happens from here and and i i do give council some credit for having that as a priority looking out for his peers now he didn't really look out for david ross um but it's uh it'll be interesting to see you know managers <laughs> oh moving forward and if they can get bigger paydays and if if that escalates and then if it becomes a thing where, you know, when 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 all the managers are making between like two and four million, you can go anywhere. It doesn't really matter. Like there's not one place that's going to pay you way more than another place. Maybe we get to that eventually. I don't know.
0: Yeah. The, the biggest determining factor is how comfortable are you in that job? We had said that like, like when this was first reported that council could be in the mix for the Guardians. It wasn't just an instant dismissal like in so many other places you'd think, Cleveland versus New York? Nah, there's no way. This is a big-time free agent player. Of course, we're dismissing it. Not so for managers because, as you said, the upper echelon and the lower echelon is not separated by a ton. And it really, for as important as that job is, over 162 games, why aren't they paid better? That seems ridiculous. Now, I know. As you said, front offices have taken a lot of the power here when it comes to in-game decisions. But I still need that. If I'm a front office, I need somebody that's going to be able to translate what I want to do down to the players and get them on board. That's why that role is still important. That's why you can't just sit up, set a, a computer in the corner and have it spit out anything on some ticker tape and tell you what move to make. I need somebody that's the liaison between myself and the players Because probably I'm not going to be able to communicate it myself. And that's why that role is still so important. It's over the length of the season that it is. I need somebody that's just holding everything together. Yeah. I mean, they...
1: The thing that stuck with me that Tito described was when he said... When there's an injury update or someone's rehab... The trainer's not texting the bench coach at 1230 in the morning to provide that update. And when there's a trade that the front office is kicking around, they're not texting or calling the third base coach to get his thoughts. Everything is funneled through the manager. They connect to every department in the organization. They have to keep tabs on every player and know how everybody ticks and know how to connect with everyone and also how to like, when to push the buttons, when to get out of the way, when to challenge someone. There's just like a lot of different, you just have to be so adaptable. And, you know, Francona was really good at that for a long time. I think the one, the one thing with vote and the one thing with any, I mean, look, it's not like they were interviewing all these guys who had, I mean, Carlos Mendoza's never managed in the big leagues. He was a bench coach for four seasons. Um, like, Clayton McCullough's never managed in the majors. Chris has never managed in the majors. So, it was going to be somebody green. Unless it was Andy Green, who has managed in the majors. Um, <laughs> but but it was in all likelihood going to be someone with no managerial experience in the major leagues. So that's part of this. I think they went with the person who they thought could make up for that in the short term with the personality and those characteristics while they learned all the nuances and got to know and understand everything.
0: Sorry, I'm not ignoring you and just reading text messages for fun here. Uh, as we're recording this apparently reportedly some news of the guardians claiming a player. You have any guesses? I want you to think of every player they could have claimed. Tell me a position. What do you think?
1: Wait, this happened right now.
0: According this to Mark Topkin. My phone. Mark Topkin reporting this 13 minutes ago. But that tells you the team. So so <laughs> what position? Sean Armstrong. No. Okay, they just hired a catcher, so, you know, he wants to go get a catcher. Make the entire team and coaching staff out of catchers. This man terrorized the Guardians Christian two Bethancourt? years ago. Christian Bethencourt. Hmm. Reportedly now a member of the Guardians because he was claimed. A number of Rays players claimed.
1: Well... I guess they're not signing Mitch Garver who was projected by
0: the Athletic to get 2 years 32 million by the way. Oh, that would have fit right into what they could have done. Well, the Ronaldo Lopez dream remains alive, right?
1: There's still a lot of elements of our previous episode. Oh yeah. That are that still hold up. Yeah. Go listen. That's a
0: cool mug you got there. Yeah, thank you. More on mm-hmm. that coming up in the coming weeks well this is just was a emergency short podcast we're gonna have so much more on this coming up in the coming days and weeks of course once you actually have your your press conference and you get a face-to-face meeting with vote and we have a better understanding of the coaching staff there's so much that we're gonna have a, a lot of fun digging into but more than anything God, i'm so glad we finally have an answer I'm, I'm glad we can push past this. There were so many, and there are so many things that I can't wait to discuss as, when it, as it pertains to this team and moves they have to make and choices. But everything just sort of felt like it paled in comparison to the big elephant in the room of the manager. And now that we have that in place, it helps us kind of reassess where we're at. And I feel like now the offseason really begins. So this should be a lot of fun. And hopefully, come join us over at Patreon have fun in the discord where news breaks in there legitimately that we have news breaking people spotted at airports you want to know first get into the discord and you do that by joining us at patreon.com slash selby is godcast one dollar per episode that we give you per week hopefully you have some fun over there
1: you never know when i might just drop a couple emojis am i am i dropping news to you am i just trolling you (laughs) <laughs> Am I adhering to the embargo that not everyone adhered to? Well, you never Ooh. know.
0: Yeah, they just come running in Leroy Jenkins and ruin everything for everybody. It's okay. We still love them some of the time. Well, thank you for being here, hanging out with us. We'll see you later this week, I'm sure, when we have more on this. And until then, be good, be safe. Later.